Hello and welcome to episode 208 of Under the Call of MS. This is a MS Health segment episode. So we'll get back to you with a bunch of stuff after this. Time for another MS Health segment. Let's look at UTI treatment without antibiotics. UTI, a urinary tract infection can knock you off a UTI. UTIs occur when bacteria enters the urinary tract and multiply. They affect one or more areas within the urinary tract. This can include the urethra, the bladder, the ureters, and the kidneys. They can cause painful and frequent urination. <laughs> Tell me about it. Very painful burning hurting, not wanting to pee ever again in your life. Lower abdominal pain, bloody urine, you know, blood clots and all that stuff. Nasty. These infections are responsible for tons of doctor visits each year. UTIs are the second most common type of infection to occur in the human body. They occur more often in women, but can affect men too. Hell yeah, they can. I've dealt with them. Thankfully, I haven't had one, I think, for like a year and a half or so, which is awesome. New bladder medication is helping. Uh, women have a shorter urethra, so it's easier for bacteria to enter their bladder. The National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases estimates 40 to 60% of women will have at least one UTI in their lifetime. I'll just say... A good amount of women or something like that. Quit with percentages. They don't. 40 to 60 is a big gap. And it doesn't really matter. You don't have to put those stupid numbers out there. To say that it affects mostly women. Urinary tract infections in men are often related to an enlarged prostate, a benign prostatic hypertrophy, blocking the flow of urine, this allows bacteria to have an easier time occupying the urinary tract. And almost 90% of kit, another damn number. Uh, the bacterium Escherichia coli, which you'll see that on your doctor's report, I have, is the cause of the UTI. Coli is normally found inside the intestines when confined to the intestines. It's harmless, but sometimes this bacterium gets into the urinary tract and causes an infection. Sex may trigger a UTI in women. This is because intercourse can move bacteria from the anal area to near the opening of the urethra. Women can lower their risk of infection by cleaning the genital area before any sexual activity and by urinating afterwards. Using spermicides, diaphragms, and condoms also raises the risk of a UTI. Risk is higher in people with a weakened immune system as well. No shit there. Uh, UTIs are the second most common type of infection. Uh, well, this is all stuff we just read to you. Um, most UTIs aren't serious, but if left untreated... 
The infection can spread up to the kidneys and bloodstream and become life-threatening. Kidney infections can lead to kidney damage and kidney scarring. Symptoms of a UTI usually improve within two to three days after starting antibiotic therapy. Many doctors prescribe an antibiotic for at least three days. The ones I was on, I could have swore were like more like five to seven days. Uh, while this type of medication is a standard treatment, researchers, researchers are noticing that antibiotic-resistant bacteria are reducing the effectiveness of some antibiotics in treating UTIs. I know I've had to change my antibiotic treatments because they weren't working. Uh, one second. It's B! <laughs> Sorry about that. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. Uh, <laughs> someone calling that we know for once. Oh, uh, yeah. Basically, when certain antibiotics are prescribed repeatedly, the bacteria they target can grow resistant to them. At least 2 million people per year in the U.S. contract antibiotic-resistant bacteria. But, yeah, I know I've had to change my antibiotics. They weren't working. But just There are home remedies that you can try to keep UTIs at bay. It's like you can, and you got along with your standard therapy, you can incorporate home remedies to feel better sooner and reduce the likelihood of recurring infections. But cranberries are one that you hear the most of. They may contain an ingredient that stops bacteria from attacking, attaching to the walls of the urinary tract. Research is inconclusive and more studies are needed, but you might be able to reduce the risk of UTIs with unsweetened cranberry juice, cranberry supplements, or dried cranberries. Drink plenty of water. Uh, it can be painful as hell urinating when you have any UTI, but if you can keep your urinary tract flushed and clean by drinking lots of water, it's... Uh, better off than having to deal with that burning painful sensation but uh, it's important to drink as many fluids as possible particularly water the more you drink the more you'll urinate urinating helps flush harmful bacteria from the urinary tract Eat when you need to holding your urine or ignoring the urge to urinary urinate can allow bacteria to multiply in your urinary tract as a rule of thumb, always use the bathroom when you feel the urge. Probiotics promote healthy digestion and immunity. They also may be effective in treating and preventing UTIs. Uh, with a UTI, bad bacteria replace good bacteria in the vagina, especially those of one group called lactobacillus. Probiotics can restore good bacteria and might reduce recurrence of a UTI. Increasing your intake of vitamin C may help prevent a UTI. Vitamin C strengthens the immune system and may help acidify the urine to prevent infection. 
Basically, UTIs are painful, but with treatment, you can overcome an infection and prevent recurrent infections. Talk to your doctor if you have symptoms of a UTI with proper treatment. Antibiotics, you should begin to feel better in a few days. Take your antibiotics as instructed, even after your symptoms improve, to prevent complications or, or a secondary infection. Definitely want to get it out of your system. All of it. <laughs> if the UTI doesn't resolve after antibiotic treatment or you end up with a multiple episodes of a UTI, your doctor will likely do further testing. This could be in the form of a repeat urine culture, which, yeah, they've done multiple ones. Urinary tract ultrasound, I've had that done. Plain film x-ray, CT scans, cystoscopy, urodynamic testing. You may be referred to a urologist, depending on the severity of your UTI, or if you have chronic infections. Certain strains of bacteria can cause UTIs. They can range from mild to severe. The degree of severity depends on multiple factors, including one's immune system status, bacterium causing the UTI, and where in the urinary tract the UTI is happening. It is also possible to have bacterial colonization in the urinary tract that's not causing you to have a UTI. Your doctor will be able to provide you with an evaluation tailored to your needs in order to make the right diagnosis and determine the proper therapies to check with them. And that's today's little segment. Keep that monster in check, and we will get back to you with more goodies in the future. And for another MS health segment, let's talk about some ways to fix up your nighttime routine so you can calm yourself down better and feel better at night. You have trouble sleeping, which many of us have. Uh, the pandemic may not have helped with all the stress from all that and everything else. So some tips that you can do is a bit bedtime routine that includes a few steps towards Preparing for the next day can have several advantages. Getting a head start on tomorrow's to-do list gives you one or two or three fewer things to stress over as you try to fall asleep. Having less to do in the morning can help you feel less rushed, making it easier to set aside a few minutes for morning meditation or a mindful breakfast to help start your day off right. If you struggle to get started in the morning, ask yourself what usually holds you up. Maybe you spend a lot of time deciding on an outfit or never know where to where to, your keys are laying or hid or if they're right there by the door in your pocket. Perhaps you need a hearty breakfast to begin your morning, but have to clear the sink of last night's dishes first. Setting aside fifteen to thirty minutes every evening to prepare for the next day can Help prevent hectic mornings and promote peace of mind as you get into bed. Reduce your bedtime stress and feel more relaxed in the morning. Try taking care of these chores in the evening, like make your lunch for work or school. Gather your essentials, think keys, wallets, sunglasses, and put them all in one spot. 
wash the dishes, set out your clothes for tomorrow. There's only so much you can do in preparation for tomorrow, but everything, but for everything else, there's a list. So make, spend just five minutes writing a to-do list each night. Can help you avoid the sleep disrupting habit of thinking about everything you need to do as you're trying to fall asleep. I got lists all over. I'm constantly making lists of things, so I try to remember what to do the next day. Um, journal provides a space to express any concerns weighing on your mind, reducing the need to unpack them mentally in bed. Nice to keep things like a little journal notepad that just has a bunch of oddball things, like some stuff that you're, you'd like to do down the road, and things you're thinking about having done, or something you might need to do around the house or whatever, and that way you're not stressing on it all night long. Don't have to wait until it's lights out to start winding down. Filling your evening hours with calming activities helps you avoid overstimulating your mind and body as the day draws to a close. Definitely cut off caffeine early. You don't want to be drinking caffeine late at night. Even six hours before bedtime, it can disrupt your rest. If you have trouble sleeping, try sticking to beverages without caffeine after lunch. Uh, avoid strenuous ex- exercise. Uh, instead of a run or a heavy weightlifting session, try stretching, walking, yoga. Those are going to be better for your body at the, in the even, evening hours and will help you sleep better. Then you're not dealing with a lot of pain and stress from working out heavily meditate a regular meditation practice can help you relax physically and mentally mindfulness medication in particular may help improve your ability to release the day's stress and tension in preparations for a good night's sleep also help you reduce behaviors that keep you up like cycling through anxious thoughts Uh, Playing soft, soothing music as you prepare for bed can trigger the release of hormones that help improve your mood. Feeling emotionally at peace can help your body feel calmer, too. Catching up on a favorite show at the end of a long day can feel relaxing, but try to avoid doing this within an hour or so of bedtime because the blue light produces... Produced by electronic devices can confuse your brain, which links this to light to daytime. Uh, instead of staring at that blue light at night, that last hour or so, try assembling jigsaw puzzles, building models, reading, like the paper books, not an e-reader, drawing or coloring doing word or number puzzles there's tons of things you can use to keep your mind active but not overstress it connecting with loved ones whether that's your partner children or good roommates can increase feelings of love trust and happiness generating these positive emotions just before bed can put you in a better mood helping you feel more at ease when it's time for bed uh, 
to strengthen your bond and help lower stress. You can try reading aloud to each other, trading trading massages with your partner, sharing highlights from your day, cuddling or playing with pets. Uh, Experts continue to explore the connection between sleep and sex, but evidence does suggest a potential link between sex before bed and improved sleep. Nothing like burning those calories and then just kicking back. Uh, It's pretty normal for basic bedtime hygiene to happen on autopilot, but performing cleansing routines with more mindfulness then absent mindfulness can help your brain and body tune into your approaching bedtime. Washing your face and showering can feel like boring chores you'd rather skip, but it's possible to make these mundane tasks more pleasant and relaxing. You can, instead of quickly scrubbing your face, you can practice the 60-second rule. Gently wash your face for a full minute. Imagine washing away the stress of the long day as you cleanse your skin. Or use a mantra or focused breathing to slow down. Take a hot bath. Research suggests that an hour or two before bed is ideal for a nighttime bath. If you're sensitive to bubble bath or bath salts, create a relaxing atmosphere with scented candles. Then avoid Avoid those bright lights, of course, the bright overhead light in your bathroom. Not a great vibe for getting sleepy, shop lights, stuff like that. Can put stress on your sleep. Uh, consider bringing some candles into the bathroom and doing your nightly routine with the lights off. For an added benefit, choose one with a calming scent like lavender. Don't forget your teeth. Every nighttime routine should include two minutes for toothbrushing, practicing mindfulness. During this essential routine can make it even more beneficial. Uh, Or like me, just take your teeth out, toss them in a jar. (laughs) Instead of simply switching off the lights at bedtime, try preparing your environment for sleep earlier in the evening. This gives your body time to adjust to the idea of sleep. If you're like my wife and you need to make the bed and everything before you go to bed, sit there and do it like an hour or so before you go go to bed. Like electronics and the sun, electric lighting also produces blue light. So avoiding bright lights in the evening can help signal to your body that it should start preparing for sleep. Switch off bright overhead lights and turn on dimmer table lamps an hour or two before bed. Consider replacing lamp bulbs with ones that produce amber light. Calming fragrances like lavender and cedarwood can promote restful sleep. To benefit from aromatherapy, scent your bath with a few drops of essential oil. Place a diffuser containing essential oil in your bedroom. Use a few drops of essential oil on your pillow before bed. You can put essential oils on your air filter if your heater's running or your central air or whatever. That can help. 
Clean sheets and fluff pillows can make beds seem more inviting. And a comfortable bed can help you get better sleep. So it feels so good when you got fresh blankets and you crawl into that bed and it's like, do not want to get out. Uh, use season appropriate sheets and blankets. Final sheets in the summer can make you too warm and you might wake up sweaty and itchy. Uh, changing into sleepwear can help your body feel more ready for bed. But choose your pajamas with care. How they feel on your body is more important than how they look. Comfortable pajamas can make bedtime something to look forward to. While tighter, uncomfortable sleepwear can help you. Fidgeting can keep you fidgeting under the covers. I never understood the use of clothes when you're asleep. They just get constricting and annoying to me. <laughs> A fan can play two important roles in your bedtime routine. First, it cools off your bedroom, keeping your room on the cooler side. It can help you stay comfortable despite normal body temperature changes that happen during sleep. Fans also produce white noise, which can block out noises that might keep you up. So hearing that low hum can help increase your confidence that you'll sleep well, even if you're Roommate ends up arguing with their partner in the middle of the night. Or if your wife snores beyond beyond all the beasts outside noises. <laughs> know that you've wound down and hopped into bed, how to drift off to sleep. Or now that you've wound down and hopped into bed, how to drift off to sleep. Think peaceful thoughts. Fixating on worrisome thoughts can keep you awake and stressed. Instead, try focusing on positive things that happen happen that day or events you're looking forward to. Uh, you can use visualization, guided imagery to create restful scenes in your mind and distract yourself from any worries creeping into your thoughts. You might imagine a quiet beach with waves brushing against the shore sunlit forest or a hammock hammock under the stars uh, relaxation techniques such as progressive muscle relaxation often help improve sleep beyond its potential sleep benefits progressive muscle relaxation can also help relieve pain uh, you can give that a try by slowly tensing one group of muscles hold the tension for five seconds then releasing on a slow exhale and relax for 10 seconds. Then move to the next muscle group. If I'm uh, not getting enough sleep can make you miserable, but fretting over your exhaustion and precious sleep you're missing won't do you any favors. Instead, try to accept that it's just one of those nights and focus on reframing your thoughts. Uh, you might tell yourself, for example, I'm still awake now, but I'll drift off eventually. I always do. Maybe I'll be a little tired in the morning, but I'll probably fall asleep right away tomorrow night. I'm going to need an extra pick-me-up tomorrow, so I'll treat myself to a good lunch. And basically, once I get going, I can't fall asleep if my brain's not going to let me. It's going to keep me up all night. It's usually when I got some big appointment early in the morning the next day. 
not really a right or wrong answer when it comes to building a nighttime routine, but there are a couple things you'll want to avoid if you can, like lying awake. If you feel wide awake after about 20 minutes, just your best to just get up and do a quiet activity like reading or whatever, and then try and come back to bed instead of just laying there fretting over everything. Too much sleep is a thing. Most people should aim for seven and nine hours of sleep each night. Uh, basically, good sleep is a key factor in mind and body wellness, but it can be hard to come by. A personalized nighttime routine can help you get better sleep, allowing you to wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. So try out some of those routines, see if anything helps. And we'll get back to you with more goodies in the future. So keep that beast at bay, that monster at bay, and we'll get back to you. Time for another MS Health segment. Let's look at some mattresses that are good for pressure point relief. Uh, don't know if these are still in, if all these are still in process or not, if they're still making them. But if you ever woke up with a sore back, hip, or shoulder, you can probably blame your mattress. A mattress that's too hard or too soft can aggravate pressure pressure points, which are the spots on your body where you feel the most pressure when lying down. These can vary depending on how you like to sleep. For example, if you sleep on your side, you might experience more pressure on your hips and shoulders. Unfortunately, there are mattresses, or fortunately, there are mattresses designed to help this. So we're going to give you a list of some out there. Yeah. Satva, which is S-A-A-T-V-A, classic. Uh, they have a 180 nights trial period, 15-year warranty, and they're made in the USA. Casper, uh, which I'd really wish I could get them as a sponsor for the show, but Casper Wave Hybrid. Casper uh, offers free shipping and returns, 100-night trial period, 10-year uh, warranty. Made in the USA. Nectar Lush. They offer free shipping and returns. 365 nights trial period. Holy shit. That's a whole year. Damn, they maybe I should try a Nectar instead of the Casper. <laughs> a forever warranty. And really? Wow. I guess I mean, like I say, I some things you should definitely spend money on. Don't skimp on. Get the best is a bed. You're going to spend a third of your life in there anyways. Your car and your shoes. And these are very important things. Don't skimp on them. And then sit there and do that. And yeah. So, yes. Little interruption there. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> How can a mattress affect pressure point pain? The correct mattress will minimize pressure points and provide a larger area of support to avoid overstressing small areas. Uh, there's no single bet best mattress for everyone. And basically how they chose, they looked at mattress materials and consumer reviews. 
to get their opinions on these different mattresses as far as pricing goes. You can spend under a thousand or over fifteen hundred or in between, whatever, but take them into consideration. Uh, the Sattva Classic Mattress, the hybrid mattress that combines a coil spring system with memory foam. The pillow, pillow top is made with cushioning, Certipure US certified foam to relieve pressure in the hips, back, and shoulders. The mattress is offered in three firmnesses options and two heights. That makes it easy to find the right option regardless of your preferred sleep position. Price is mid-range. Uh, the Satva Classic is made with recycled steel and organic co- cotton. The company offers a 180-night trial and free white glove delivery. So... That's not too bad, but then we get into the Casper Wave Hybrid Mattress. This is the higher-priced one. Uh, The Casper Wave Hybrid Mattress was designed to limit aches and pains, no matter how you sleep, how you like to sleep. It has gel pods, which offer more support than foam alone, are situated to maintain proper spinal alignment and prevent sinking. A hybrid design combines three layers of perforated foam with springs for lift and airflow. Plus, the mattress cover is made from up to 121 recycled bottles. So that's interesting. Good plastic recycle option. Reviewers compare sleeping on the Casper Wave Hybrid to sleeping on a cloud. The company offers a 100-night trial and a 10-year limited warranty, which is nice. Nectar Lush Mattress. This is a mid-range priced one. The Nectar Lush Lush Mattress is a great pick for hot sleepers. A cooling cover draws away body heat, which I could use. I always get hot. I always want to turn a fan on, even in wintertime, but I don't. While gel-coated certain Gel-coated, certipure U.S. certified memory foam helps regulate the body temperature. The company says the foam is higher density than most, which may help support pressure point relief. And like I said, they offer a 365-night home trial, and the mattress is guaranteed for as long as you own it. Interesting. I wonder how it could hold up to my weird feet cutting of my mattress and my bed sheets and stuff. The Zoma mattress, Z-O-M-A, is designed to relieve pressure point pain for a good night's sleep. This is a low-range priced mattress. The gel layer cushions and conforms to your body without sinking in, without the sinking in filling. High-density base cradles your hips and shoulders for proper spine alignment. Reviewers with active lifestyles, including personal trainers, fitness enthusiasts, and construction workers rave about the restorative sleep they enjoy on the Zoma. This mattress is made of 
in the United States with CertiPure U.S. certified foam and a manufacturing process that exceeds the standards of the Clean Air Act. It comes with free shipping and a 100-night free trial and a 10-year warranty. You got the Idle Hybrid, which is mid-priced. You can alternate between each side of the Idle Hybrid to prolong the, prolong the mattress's lifespan. Choose a firmness level for both sides of the mattress at no extra cost. If you're not sure what will work best for you, the company provides recommendations based on your preferred sleep position and body type. Idle Sleep, the company behind this mattress, offers a lifetime warranty, an 18-month home trial, and free shipping and returns. You have some pretty good damn deals on these mattresses nowadays. Uh, the Wink Bed, this is a higher-priced one. Designed to eliminate muscle tension, align your spine, and re relieve joint pressure. The wink bed is made for a better night's sleep. Excuse me. Hybrid design combines stabilizing gel foam and steel pocket springs. That means no motion transfer, even if you share your bed with a restless sleeper. All materials are eco-friendly and sourced in the U.S., the wink bed uses an all-natural fire barrier with no chemicals or additives. The company offers a lifetime durability warranty at 120 night trial period. I don't know if I can do these full foam ones, but a tuft and needle mint mattress is a lower priced one. Tuft and needle mint mattress is specifically designed to offer pressure relief. It's made with two layers of CertiPure U.S. certified adaptive foam for support and comfort. Cooling gel beads stack under the under pressure for additional support. While foam mattresses have a reputation for growing uncomfortably warm, the mint mattress is made with graphite to draw away body heat. Reviewers say the mattress is crushy yet firm. Or cushy yet firm. <laughs> like crushy. I'm just thinking about this graphite. Thinking of pencil lead and <laughs> not, not seeing comfort from that, but thin form of it is more of a flexible material. The mint mattress has met standards for Green Guard, Gold Certification, and Intertex Clean Air Certification. It's also earned the parent tested parent approved seal. You can try the Tufted Needle Mint Mattress for 100 days, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. I don't know if these deals are the same now, but these are a lot of mattresses that are out right now, so it may still be all available. The Purple Mattress, which is another one that I considered getting as a, hoping to get as a uh, advertiser for the show. This is a mid-range price mattress. This mattress is made with a CertiPure U.S. certified foam base. It's designed to eliminate pressure points by adapting to both your body and sleep positions. What's more, it's breathable to help keep it, you cool and comfortable throughout the night. Purple mattress is made in the U.S. with hypoallergenic and non-toxic materials. Reviewers generally say it's supportive and comfortable. 
and the company offers a 30-night trial and a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns. The Lisa Legend mattress, this is a higher-priced one. The Lisa Legend has two layers of pocket springs and microcoils for hip and shoulder support, plus four layers of Certipure U.S. certified memory foam for plush comfort. Top layer of medium firm foam provides body contouring to relieve pressure. The hypoallergenic cover is made with organic cotton and merino wool. Merino wool is naturally moisture wicking, helping maintain a com- comfortable sleeping temperature year round. Lisa uses recycled materials, including recycled steel as well as polyester made from water bottles. The mattress was designed for comfort and support no matter what position you sleep in. Reviewers mostly say the Lisa Legend is soft yet supportive in all the right places. And they had the 100-night trial period, 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns. Uh, Avocado Green Mattress. This is a mid-level priced one with Green Guard Gold certified materials from top to bottom. The avocado mattress is as about eco-friendly as it gets. The non-toxic mattress is made with latex rubber foam and natural wool cushioning instead of chemical flame retardants. The avocado green mattress meets federal safety standards by using organic, ethically sourced, global organic texture standard certified wool. They offer a one-year trial plus free shipping and returns, 25-year warranty. So basically, it's important to look for a mattress that will work for your body type and preferred sleep position. A lot of these you're gonna want you'll have delivered to your house. You won't get to try them in a store. So just consider what you're looking for as far as firmness and support. And if you can, try it out before you buy it. Do it. And these have long trial periods. So try these out or ones similar. Waking up to aches and pains can have far-reaching effects on your overall wellness. And a mattress designed to minimize pressure points, pain, can make a big difference. While the firmness of a mattress is a personal preference, it's important to look for one that will offer targeted support for your height, weight, and sleeping preferences. So, try those out. Put your money on a mattress. It's a very important part of your life. You spend a third of your life living on it. So, take that into consideration and keep that monster in check and we'll get back to you soon. Time for another MS health segment. Let's look at ways that you can lower your risk of getting the flu. And basically, flu season occurs every year between late fall and early spring, typically peaking in January or February. There's no way to completely guarantee your safety from the flu, but there are strategies to help prevent the spread of the virus. Uh, same with COVID 19, which we're dealing with nowadays. Uh, being around like the flu and it's benefit for that also is vitamin D3 can help benefit against 
some issues with these, the flu and COVID-19. There are some essential strategies to avoid catching the flu, like getting a flu shot, of course. Flu shot can be easily scheduled with your doctor or pharmacist. Uh, It isn't 100% effective, but it's still the simplest and most reliable method of flu prevention for people ages six months and older. Uh, As far as MS factors, you don't want to take the live virus, so don't take one that comes by nasal spray. Uh, There are a number of special flu vaccines as well that, that you can try, including a high dose vaccine for older people and a nasal spray for certain people between ages two and 50 who aren't pregnant, but you cannot, uh, you don't want to take the live vaccine if you have multiple sclerosis. Take that into consideration. Uh, other things that may help you from, may prevent you from getting a nasal vaccine is uh, cochlear implants, asthma, allergies, and the use of other antivirals. Take that into consideration. Talk to your doctor about that. Wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water. Now more than ever, good hygiene is essential to protect yourself from the flu and other contagious diseases like COVID-19. More than any other part of your body, your hands come into contact with the environment, your surroundings, lots of germs. They also interact with your eyes, nose, mouth, and ears. Uh, you touch surfaces con- constantly in public, such as offices, schools, public transportation, air travel, public sp- spaces like parks and stores, large gatherings, parties, events. Uh, reduce your risk of influenza and other contagious infection. Despite I let you wash your hands thoroughly several times a day, wash them after coming in contact with questionable surfaces, after using the restroom, before touching your mouth or face, before eating. The Mayo Clinic recommends thorough and frequent hand washing to prevent common infections. They recommend alcohol-based hand sanitizers if soap and water aren't available. Avoid touching your eyes, mouth, and nose. You may already wash your hands regularly, but they won't be clean every minute of the day. That's why it's important to avoid touching those areas. Uh, These areas include the liquids in your eyes, mouth, and nose, where germs like to absorb. And people who bite their nails are at risk of ingesting germs more than most. So if you're a nail biter, (laughs) might want to watch it when you're chewing on those toenails and stuff. Uh, Avoid crowds, wear a face covering while COVID-19 is still a factor. Once that's under control, continue wearing a face covering if you're experiencing any symptoms of the flu. Carry hand sanitizer, distance yourself from your sneezing neighbor. Avoid excessive contact with your mouth. Use a disinfecting wipe to disinfect surfaces you touch. 
such as armrest and grocery store carts. Disinfect contaminated surfaces such as toys, faucets, floors, door handles, uh, high touch areas like countertops, especially the ones in the kitchen and bathroom are teeming with germs. Uh, symptoms of the flu can be coughing, sneezing, headache, fever, chills, and fatigue. Uh, usually lasts about 7 to 10 days. Flu symptoms can overlap with another of number of other respiratory infections, including COVID-19. So if you experience any of those, isolate, contact your doctor, have yourself checked out. Uh, there's no cure for the flu, but you can take steps to reduce discomfort and feel better. Rest is important when fighting any illness. Rest also keeps you indoors and prevents you from spreading the disease to others. It can help your body recover more quickly also. Being sick is physically and mentally exhausting. Sleeping or lying down are necessary steps for recovery. Drink plenty of fluids uh, like water, fruit juice, electrolyte-enhanced sports drinks, soups. Liquids can help soothe a scratchy and irritated throat. Hot tea with lemon and honey is a good choice. Um, often the flu will reduce appetite and make it hard to consume food. Food gives your body energy to recover, so enriched juices and soups provide the body with the necessary nutrients and calories. Try some over-the-counter medications to help relieve body aches and headaches. Take medications such as acetaminophen, Tylenol, or ibuprofen, Advil, Motrin, as directed. I uh, you know there are some complications of COVID and stuff and certain things. So take those into consideration. Take a warm bath. If your fever is high and uncomfortable, sponge off or immerse your body in lukewarm water to help reduce fever. Ice or cold water should be avoided, but lukewarm water may help alleviate discomfort. Breathing moist air may also help to clear a stuffy nose. Yeah, those humidifiers and stuff you can pick up. They have many different sizes, like bed bedside ones and stuff, so you don't have to have the huge ones. Avoid spreading the food. The food. <laughs> Avoid spreading the flu because you may be contagious up to five or more days after symptoms appear. Do your best to protect others while you're sick. Best to avoid school and work settings while you're experiencing symptoms. Over your mouth when you cough or sneeze. Wash your hands immediately afterward. This is an important way to avoid spreading germs to those around you. Uh, and don't be the asshole that takes a day off work because they're sick and they end up going right to the bar. Uh, I ran bars and restaurants. The sick people always come. They really thanks. You just got half my crew sick, and now they're going to pass it on to 
customers over the next two weeks, and it's going to be a rolling around thing that's not going to go away because you couldn't sit your ass at home when you're sick. Instead, you take the day off work and go out and get drunk. <laughs> yeah, alcohol kills a lot of shit, but doesn't help others when they're getting sick because of you. So you should definitely see your symptoms subside within one to two weeks. But if you don't contact your doctor, if your symptoms last longer than two weeks, get worse, suddenly appear to improve, then return with worsened symptoms. There may be signs of flu-related complications. The following groups of people are at higher risk for flu-related complications. And you can consider calling their doctor when they contract the flu. People 65 and older, children under 5, women who are pregnant, people with weakened immune system due to a chronic condition or use of certain medications such as steroids or cancer drugs, a lot of which we have to take if we're on relapses or something like that. According to CDC, pneumonia is one of the most serious complications of the flu. It's also the most dangerous, dangerous, and for some can be deadly. Your primary defense against the flu and any other contagious disease is good hygiene. Practiced alone, the hygiene tips listed here may not be entirely effective in helping you avoid influenza. When performed in conjunction with a flu vaccine, they're the best way to avoid the virus. So take that into consideration. Get your yearly flu shot. If you prefer, I'm not pushing it on you. If you want to not get it, that's fine, but don't spread it to others. Don't be the moron that sits in the bar and thinks that's your cure. So take that out. With the monster in check, and we'll talk to you again soon. And for another MS health segment, let's talk about omega 3 supplements. See what you should buy and why you should buy them. Basically, omega 3 fatty acids are very important for your health. Eating whole foods that are rich in omega-3s like fatty fish is the best way to get enough. If you don't eat a lot of fatty fish, you may want to consider taking a supplement. Omega-3s come in lots of different forms. Mostly, Most commonly, it's triglycerides. Some fish oils that are most more processed may contain omega-3 ethyl esters. Don't seem to be absorbed as well. Uh, you can get omega-3s from your fish, your whole fish, uh, fish oils, processed fish oils, reformed triglycerides. Uh, natural fish oil contains the omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA. It also provides vitamins A and D. Uh some great ways to get these are salmon, sardines, herring, menhaden, and cod liver are among the most common sources of natural fish oil. These oils are available in capsule or liquid forms. 
processed fish oils are purified and or concentrated. They're more vulnerable to oxidation and less easily absorbed by your body unless they're converted back into triglycerides via, in, via a synthetic process. Krill oil is naturally low in contaminants and contains a potent antioxidant. It provides omega-3s in both triglyceride and phospholid, phospholipid form, which are well absorbed. This is the one that I've added recently to my omega-3 routine, and I'm really enjoying the krill oil compared to the big omega-3 pills that I was taking with the vitamin D3 and magnesium combined into them. I believe it was or calcium and vitamin D I was my think was combined in them. But I think I think I'm getting more response from my body through the krill oil than I did those. Uh, green-lipped muscle oil is another sor- source of omega-3 fatty acids. This shellfish contains several forms of omega-3s and it's considered to be an environmentally friendly choice. I've never heard of green lipid muscle oil, so I'm going to have to check into that. Mammalian oil is also a good source of DPA. In addition to EPA and DHA in triglyceride form, uh, it's made from seal blubber and is in the form of natural triglycerides. I feel bad for the seals the way it is. With what they got to deal with with the sharks. And now we got the land sharks after their asses too for their fat. And say, well, leave the critters low on your pricks. <laughs> ALA oils are made from plant sources and contain both omega-3s and omega-6s. They don't contain any EPA or DHA, the types of omega-3s that are active in our body. And it's like a lot of these things just drive me nuts when they talk about certain areas that they're getting these forms of oils and stuff. It's like if if I find out that they're processing fish for just the oils and stuff and not getting the using the stuff for everything, it just drives me insane. It's like I there's I I hate that there's seven billion people on this fucking planet. And all these idiots are out to that are out there to get the get rich quick schemes by doing some type of health related thing, and then they sit there and say something's good for you in this way or that way, like elephant tusk, rhino horn, shark fin, and you assholes are responsible for a lot of torture and a lot of pain on animals, and that's and I hope like hell someday you. end up you're in your own personal hell where you're being skinned and peeled alive constantly for the rest of eternity yeah I don't know but these poor animals get abused for little or nothing material and bullshit wouldn't have to do it if we didn't have this many fucking idiots on this planet alright get beyond that before I get too deep into it Microalgae, something that's way less evasive <laughs> as far as using actual full, full formage of 
our plant source of EPA and DHA in triglyceride form. The soil is environmentally friendly and considered an excellent omega-3 source for vegetarians and vegans. It's like they say it's for vegetarian and vegans, but isn't microalgae an actual living organism? So if it's a living organism, I don't, I don't know. I can't get into the vegan and vegetarian differences and stuff. I don't know enough about it, so it's best not for me to put my two cents out for it, I guess. Capsules are a popular way to take omega-3. However, capsules can make can mask the smell of rancid oil, so it's best to open one up occasionally. If you got some nasty oil that you're dealing with, some rancid fish, because people don't care. They're just putting the shit into the form and shipping it out to make the money. They don't care what they're actually giving you. They don't know how much of it's actually beneficial or realistic or what kind of amounts you have. It's not regulated correctly, but Check your products for type and amount of omega-3s that should contain EPA and DHA in satisfactory amounts and preferably an antioxidant to combat combat the rancidity. Uh, My cat is uh, yelling at me for some reason. A regular fish oil supplement is probably enough for most people looking to optimize their health. If you need large doses, Take a supplement with concentrated omega-3s. Basically, for most people, a regular fish oil supplement is probably sufficient. However, make sure the supplement contains what it says it does and pay special attention to EPA and DHA content. EPA and DHA are most often found in animal-based omega-3 products. Vegetarian options are available but they usually only contain ALA. One exception is algal oil, which is an excellent source of quality omega-3s and suitable for everyone, including vegans. Best to take these supplements with a meal that contains fat, as fat increases the absorption of omega-3s. Finally, keep in mind that omega-3s are perishable, just like fish. Buying in bulk is a bad idea. At the end of the day, omega-3s may be one of the most beneficial supplements you can take. Just make sure you choose it wisely. And that's good to know, too, because I did I do stock up on my medications and stuff, so I'm going to back off on my omega-3s and get those freshly when I need them. That's it for now, and put that monster in check, and we'll get back to you soon.